0: going to share the spoils in a Melbourne derby you may as well come from a goal down with 10 men I'm Josh alongside Rudy and Marty and this is FBS live from the FNR studios and today we're encouraging you to participate we've got a talkback line double nine double four double nine double nine you can comment on the Facebook live or text us on 04289 huge show in the offing with a fuel breakdown of the Melbourne Derby draw, a big blockbuster victory secret and of course as always a K2K Honda Instagram update. Live from FNR this is For Vuck's Sake.
1: Before we kick it off, we've got to shout out to the sponsors, the Temple Brew House in Brunswick East, home of the award winning Bicycle Beer. The Temple's amazing beers all brewed on site in the Amazing Brew House in Brunswick East. Their team of experienced and skilled brewers work hard to ensure you enjoy every mouthful of tasty, delicious craft beer doesn't get any fresher than this. Your beer's brewed, footsteps away from where you're enjoying it. The bar, restaurant and function space, big enough for 100 people, ensures you can enjoy a warm, comfy experience for any occasion. Visit them at 122 Western Street, Brunswick East and give them a follow on Insta at Temple Brewing.
0: Josh here alongside Rudy Edsel and the Man of People Buds. Without the chief analyst, Dave, uh, he's crook once again. He's he's in Sydney. Been been intimidated by the FNR studios, is that...
1: Yeah, he knew the cameras were coming out again. I think he's on business again. Uh, unfortunately, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a different look and a different feel, but uh, very, very, very happy with how last week went. And uh, walking up to the studios here tonight, I was uh, reminiscing on uh, many nights of stuck in traffic in Carlton and Fitzroy and Brunswick yeah. and all the, all, the, all the horrible places to be at, at around 5.30 p.m. And he, getting in here is a breeze, so we're starting well, starting well.
0: And the game on Saturday night, boys, initial thoughts, a one-all draw, Jörg Niedermeyer sent off after 15 minutes Two pretty brainless yellow cards.
2: Uh, yeah, when Georg G- 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 went off after 15, <laughs> I was would have bitten your hand off if you'd offered me 1-1. Uh, I reckon we probably still should have won, to be honest. I know we only had the one shot for the game, but they barely threatened. I know they hit the woodwork a couple of times, but... They didn't really have a proper crack at us, did they?
1: Garbage, aren't they? <laughs> Look, the, the funniest thing about Jorg is my third dot point of notes is much nicer watching us play out the back with Yorg. He really likes to push up high and release the ball quickly to midfield. He must hate playing with Corey Brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then two minutes after that, the game was almost killed. He's, uh, he's come back. He's been laboring mm. in his return. Uh, he's taken a long time to get back. I was suspect on him uh, in the early season but thought he started to get a bit mom- bit of momentum as the back four was settled. But um, I'm really not convinced with Jörg Niedermeyer, especially now that Donerke's back. Um,
0: I'm not sure who I'd rather start in the back four. I think Donerke has to be the starting option for well, the rest of the season.
2: Deng and Donerke are the reigning uh, Premiership uh, winning centre-backs, aren't exactly. they? So why not? I mean... You- you can't really trust uh, Niedermeyer. He's either going to get injured or get sent off based on what we've seen Mm. this season. I mean, he's got pedigree, but from what um, exposed form in the A-League, I think Deng and Donicky is is the way to go. Like the, the yeah, terrible the other night. Just let him take the shot, McLaren. If he scores, we're 1-0 down, but we still have 11 men.
1: And we got Lawrence Thomas there. we got Lawrence Thomas on the line, who nine times out of ten in this league saves saves at the near post. So uh, unfortunately for the spectacle and for the people watching at home or watching at the game, uh, Elvis Camp Sober had to make way for Donicky, which rattled us really stifled our game plan and stifled, stifled our creativity. I mean, we had long, aimless balls from nothing and not a shot on goal within 30 minutes.
2: Yeah, I was looking forward to a bit of uh, Elvis and Costa action up front, uh, up in the mix. I know uh, Bart Schenkenveld's pretty quick, and he I mean, he pretty much handled Costa, but I was looking forward to Elvis buzzing around, Curtis Good, mm. seeing how that went, and then we were, we were robbed of that. We were robbed of that by uh, Niedermeyer, and unfortunately, Elvis was the player that had to come yeah. off. There was some, makes I mean, sense. there was some angst about him coming off. Fair enough, he's been excellent, he, but he had to, he had to come off.
0: You but could have dragged Troisi if you were thinking about playing a bit more of a pacey counter-attacking game, and they did do that at halftime. Of course, So, I, I think he was the only other player that really could make way for the team shape.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, Kev wanted to keep it relatively the same, so mm. one yeah. of the two blokes up forward had to go.
0: Yeah. Our uh, our chief analyst,
1: Dave. Um, he did put the skeleton together of the run sheet, which was nice of him. And one of his dot points that's in with all the uh, the rest of the good points that are here is refereeing some of the worst ever seen. Uh, Peter Green did not start the game well. Um, I want to know what you boys thought of the refereeing because for me the penalty was there. It was a penalty all day. I thought his yep. his foul against uh, sorry his yellow card against Keske was uh, laughable. Disgraceful. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. And I just thought that he tried to get on top of the game too early, tried to flash the cards too early, but uh, really, really just uh, ru- ruined the game, ruined the spectacle and never really got on top of uh, losing control.
2: The cards were only one way in the first half. Like That Keske one was a joke. And then there were several worse fouls that weren't even blinked at by uh, by Peter Green. I, I
0: think the either. minutia of the game, He there was some serious questions to be asked, but the big decisions he did actually get right. I mean, the sending off for Georg was fine. I had no problems with it. Denial of a goal scoring opportunity is already on a yellow card, and that that yellow was a pretty horrible challenge as well. Yeah, very rash. Sometimes you'll get away with that in a derby first 15 minutes, but, you know, letter of the law, the rules of the game don't change just because it's a derby game or just because it's early. Mm. I mean, you know, some people can say, you know, that's the, the general standard, but you know I, I, the Kesegae one was absolutely yeah. well, ridiculous it, it just
2: felt like i mean i i agree with you i have no problem with the penalty and i have no problem with the sending off um it just felt like the general standard of refereeing it just felt like low to me mm. it, you know it's 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 frustrating to have that decision the big decision that that everyone sees is the right one when it's there's so many smaller things that were missed or gotten wrong um but yeah, I thought it was pretty. I thought it was pretty poor. I, I don't know about worse. Some of the worst we've ever
0: seen. Um, I think we've seen plenty worse. <laughs> yeah, but, so uh, right. it was I, I mean, this is the A League. Yeah, I, I
1: tell you, what did look good? The crowd. I was. Um, I'm quite surprised at the number thirty thirty two. Um, how, how did it sound at the game? Of course, I'm still on dad duty. I have still got my uh, newborn at home, so I'm not getting out of the house as easy as I'd like to. Uh, uh, didn't sound great on the television. Didn't look great either. I think within seven days at this. Uh, cavernous hellhole that is now called Marvel <laughs> Stadium. We've had a Big Bash League final, uh, AFL-X and the Vuck game uh, within the seven-day spell. And uh, I'm just going to just put a plea out to uh, the FFA and the A-League stop play- oh, and Melbourne Victory, stop playing games there, please.
2: <laughs> well, I, I believe um, one of the reasons Melbourne Victory is now one of the most profitable sporting clubs in the land is that stadium deal? So yes, it is. We it can't is. we can't turn our back on it. Unfortunately, even though I don't think there'd be a single victory fan out there who would <laughs> argue with you on that one. Mm, yeah. There was a visible cricket pitch in the middle <laughs> of the stadium. It, it was you could see it, and then the, all of the like, surrounds were all stuffed. It looked awful, and it, it doesn't help for the atmosphere. Thirty-two thousand in there was was decent, though. Um, I was in the south end, and after the. City scored. It was pretty quiet down there for a fair while. To be honest with you, um, they don't get super up once uh, the other teams on top of us. But um, it came pretty good in the second half. I thought mm. they're okay. And yeah. um, did you see their show on TV? All the fans waving the phones at, w- at one another. No, not really. No. Yeah. Well, that was um, I'd gone around for a beer with a mate up in the north end, and we, we look over and everyone's just waving phones at one another. And I think what's happened was. Um, one of the ends has tried to get the uh, like the attention of the other to do the call and response. Yeah, the chat, north end, south and then end. they thought they were all just waving phones at one <laughs> another. <laughs> so there you go. That's that's the kind of that's that's what happens at Marvel, you know? That's, mm, that's the, You're that far away. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well you can call in at any time now that we're on live radio here on F N R. Double nine double four double nine double nine is the talk back line and a man who's done just that. He's the chief analyst, Dave. Welcome. Oh.
3: Gentlemen, gentlemen, calling you from my uh, Sydney hotel room here. Not sick, Josh. Not sick. Uh, although my ears did pop on the way down on the bird, but uh, yeah, first uh, first time caller, long time participant. <laughs> 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 oh,
1: sorry, have, you got something for yeah, us? You got, any, you got anything? <laughs> you called us, mate. No,
3: no. I just uh, thought I'd uh, just want to hang out, throw my hat into the ring, and say hello and uh, say good day to all of the. Uh, Vux out there and uh, hope you're enjoying our transition to FNR. Look, the referee was disgraceful, as you all know. Uh, That was my dot point as you pointed out there, Buds. Uh, Look, yeah, agree though with what you've said so far. Um, Only one shot on target. Very happy to come away with the point considering all of that. Uh, But I wanted to draw your attention to Carl Valeri and the fact that the last three weeks you know, we've, we've been missing Captain Carl at the the base of that midfield diamond and uh, looking forward to having him back in for the, the remainder of the season, hopefully, hopefully starting in Geelong this week.
0: Yeah, Lee Broxham actually put out a player's voice piece uh, today or yesterday, um, went into the birth of his triplets and everything, but towards the end he name-checked Carl Valeri as the leader of the culture and one of the big reasons why victory has been successful. So I think having the respect of the senior players is as telling a factor as any.
2: Before you go, uh, Dave, what did you make of Tommy Deng's comments uh, that he said that City made uh, our defence's job easier with their, uh, I suppose you'd call it, cowardice on the ball? <laughs>
3: uh, I love the fact that he's got on the front foot there, Rudy, and, and uh, made it pretty obvious. You know, I think, uh, I think there's, there's absolutely... They don't have a spine. Melbourne City has a club, <laughs> and the people that go out onto the pitch wearing that shirt... Uh, and yeah, <laughs> long, mate, continue. Our
0: chief analyst. <laughs> Dave, thanks for calling, mate. We look forward to having you in Cheerio, person. We, See we, you
3: next week.
0: We promise the cameras won't bite, mate. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all good, boys. Have Bye, a good Dave.
0: Uh, the chief analyst calling in on 99449999 and we encourage all you Vuck fans out there in Vuckland to do the same. Boys, Tommy Deng, uh, he's such a character. I, I think he's uh, an underrated big personality. He's a post-match interview. Uh, I don't know if it was Peacock or Zapper. I can't remember, but uh, was was very good value. He was outstanding.
2: Yeah, I reckon he's one of those guys that is the cultural glue behind the scenes a bit. I reckon they absolutely mm. get around Tommy Deng. At all times. They kept Jamie McLaren to just 13 touches on Saturday night, by the way. I heard, I was listening to the Simon Hill talking on the Fox podcast on the way here. That's just emblematic of where they're at. They had an extra man. I don't feel like I can emphasize that enough. 75 minutes. You've got to take advantage of that.
1: It's, it's a weird stat, that too, because if you go back and you watch the game on a replay, he was very up for it early. Like he was no, There was no one on our team that could match his intensity. He just dropped off. I don't know whether it's it's probably systemic of no one else in the team actually doing anything or helping out. Like, I mean, it was just such a weird game. You look at the statistics. They, like, on any other day, they could have won that 3-0. Mm. Ratten's hit the bar. Griffiths has hit the bar. They've had 13 shots. Like, look, let's let's face facts. If With seven games to go, if they were to sack Joyce and got Fauna Roldy back in the fold and he was fit, them with 13 shots on goal... Will translate with McLaren and uh, with, with the yeah. midfield that can, that can produce, McLaren and Fornaroli. The, they would make life hard for other teams. It's just they're in such a hole and a rut at the moment. It was uh, it was the exact kind of game that you want to draw. Yeah. In in terms of ours, you know, suffering a uh, a penalty against and going down to ten men. You know, we feel a lot better after that game.
2: Two shots on target combined for both teams. We had one shot. Oh, for it the was, night. I'm
1: telling you, it was it was a terrible, terrible game to watch. One of the <laughs> worst one of the worst derbies I've seen. There's there's been a couple that have been really bad, generally that round one of the season. But I mean, good change. Troisi off for Toyvenen changed the pace. Keske was uh instrumental in linking the ball through. Up Op- just makes the opposition back four and
0: goalkeeper shaky, I think. Yeah, absolutely agree with that. And the composition of City's midfield is just... Uh, the backers, Griffiths... They were playing Bratton in a four-four-two on the right-hand side. I mean, <laughs> like, it's so negative. They, were, they benched McGree, Wales and Vitisic, who are probably their three-only positive midfield players. He looked to play forward and was just sideways. It was really laughable to watch. And the one passage of play the victory put together uh, in that first half... In the second half were to uh, lead to Costa's goal, which was... let's say it, it was lucky. It was yeah, a, yeah. a zero degree angle. Glekovic, Glekovic has been in great form all season and he let that slip through his near post. I think Simon Hill just took a punt on the commentary instead of it had taken a deflection off good when it did no such thing. He just <laughs> let it in. Uh, but that one passes is a play. Vertical, three midfield. Honda sliding the ball through. Actually, playing through the middle of the park is something that City couldn't muster the entire game. And yes, it was in transition, but it just shows you that on their day, Victory are just a completely different class mm. in terms of the penetration. Mm,
1: absolutely. Uh, Joycey was very salty with the goal. In the post-match, called it one of the biggest flukes he's ever seen. So,
0: Joyce, oh, that's City? No good. City, salty. <laughs> <laughs> However, uh, yeah, Joyce, I, I think his goose is cooked at this point. Uh, their, their stated aim was to qualify for Asia. They uh, no chance of really doing that at this point in the season. I know it's not mathematical. Obviously, you know you can have a run in the finals as we've seen, but I, I can't see it happening for it's them. T- and I, he's alienated. All the club's best players, he's alienated the supporters. I, I don't see why they're persisting with him when they have this global brand as CFG of playing, you know, total football.
2: Do they care about the fans? No, They've not shown at all. No but it is an international
0: to... branding exercise and surely having Warren Joyce, you know, <laughs> screaming and hollering at the sidelines playing Four four effing two. With his he's hands not his, with exactly his, positive for the for the <laughs> Abu Dhabi royal family. With his
1: hands stuck in his short pockets, like <laughs> looking yeah. like he's just gone to the supermarket. Yeah, he's just it's awful.
2: Um the, the Max Steel balls of steel votes, buds. What did we get through this week? Three for Lord Broxham. When is the statue going up?
1: Two for Costa Barbarous <laughs> and one for Rao Baena. So Lee Broxham has started to make some ground on the uh, on the others. Uh, he's the best of the chasing pack, but we still have Choisi out on eighteen, Oler on sixteen, Antonis fifteen, Honda thirteen, Deng twelve. Now Broxham on eleven. So thank you for everybody that got uh, stuck in with your man of the match votes on Facebook and Twitter. Keep them coming after every
0: single Vuck game this season. Costa Barbarusis. Uh, Pretty impressive performance from him from limited uh, chances. And I, I just think he's such a consistent option. He used to be a bit of a flighty player. You wouldn't know what you were going to get out of him. But now he seems to be a consistent goal scorer and really adapted to playing up front this season.
1: My wife considers Costa as
0: flaky. Really? Oh, right. yes, I think that's maybe a hangover from, you know, when past, he was flaky. past yeah. seasons.
1: He <laughs> doesn't like him, and I, I, I keep extolling the virtues of the great Greek god <laughs> in, uh, in our household, and uh, she's just not having a bar of it, but... Um
2: He's uh he's definitely having some sort of season. That's a bit tough. I think he's a, an absolute. Eleven goals this season.
0: Absolutely. Remember, remember when Honda gave him the pen to get him off the mark? Yeah, and he then was since then he's basically scored every other week. Yeah, so. so good. She brings us to the music theme for this week. Obviously, won't hear it if you're live with us on FNR, but in the podcast on the FES feed, I've gone with Kiwi bands in honor of the Kiwi Lord Costa Barbaresi. Excellent. So uh, look forward to that on the podcast. But, uh, gentlemen, we're going to take another short break before we come back with a Victory's Secret.
3: Brother is on the back, sweet sinners on the front. Down the freeway in the hot, hot sun Suddenly we blue lights, flashbacks from behind Loud voice booming, please step out onto the line Ballet Bridge words of comfort, scene just hides our eyes Policeman taps the shades, of sells a Chevy 69 How bizarre How bizarre, how bizarre, how bizarre. Unknown, for
1: some gas. ambrosia floral designs as seen on the block on the and married at first sight, located in tullamarine ambrosia specialize in weddings functions and corporate events ambrosia also as offer floral workshops which make great gift ideas book a consultation for your next event by calling leanne on 9338 3609 or you can contact her at ambrosiafloraldesigns.com. mention fvs to receive a discount off your next booking
0: we haven't had a chance to play this music in a little while. Mm.
2: Mm. Victory's secret oh, oh,
0: oh, oh. Yes, it's time to go inside Melbourne Victory with some rumors and rampant speculation here on the Vux taken. This week, it's a little bit of a sad one because we believe, and the rumour is gathering momentum across the Victory Forums, uh, that Lawrence Thomas is set to be sold to an as-yet-unnamed Asian club. Yeah, um,
2: we got a bit of word uh, Mm pre-season, Buds, or you guys did, that he was off to Japan.
1: Yeah, word going around was that he probably wouldn't make it to our AFC uh, campaign. Uh, he'd most probably be gone, uh, by now or by, by the end of the season at the latest. And it was either a Japanese or a Korean club that was coming in for him. Um, it was completely believable due to the fact that he's probably the best keeper in the league and it's, uh, he's probably moving into his prime now. So, um... It sparked up again the other night, the uh, the victory pages on Facebook and Twitter. And I uh, don't know whether it's hit our FVS forum yet. I was looking this morning. But um, the word on the street is that he's about to be sold. And uh, you noticed something interesting on Instagram, didn't you, or on uh, Twitter?
2: It, it, was, it was pointed out to me that um, one Mark Biroghetti, he of uh, Melbourne City bench fame, has uh, unfollowed <laughs> Melbourne City on Instagram and followed... Melbourne Victory and a bunch of uh, Victory legends and players. So, you know, I mean, re- read into it what you will, but, you know, I'm saying conclusively. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> conclusively? But, uh, uh, I, yeah, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be unhappy with that swap.
0: It's interesting because we're seeing more and more City players rumoured to be moving across town. Uh, most of them youth players who have already had Les Yotis switch mid-season. Mount Giddy is the strong rumour. I've heard things about some of their youth team players like, Yerias and, and Delianov, who want out because they're not getting opportunities at first-team level. I mean, I don't want to discourage them, but maybe going to Melbourne Victory under Kevin Muscat is not the best move for a young player to join your first-team minutes.
2: Maybe they just want to watch Cascade Honda train.
0: Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> can't that's blame them for
2: that. very much fair. Watch him get around in the golf cart.
0: I mean, Birigidi, <laughs> I think, would be a great signing. Uh, you know, he hasn't played a minute for City, so I don't think there's anything, you know, about uh, turncoat or whatever that the fans can get. You know, give him stick four. But how big a blow is this losing Thomas? I mean, arguably our best keeper of all time. We've had some good keepers in Vuck colours. Theo, uh, probably Mitch Langerak is is up there. Uh, not so much Glenn Moss. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't think
2: it's a stretch to say Thomas is, would have been our most consistent performer of the last three or four seasons. Man
0: of yeah. the match in a grand final. Yeah.
2: And I mean, and he also, he came in for, it was Nathan Coe, Nathan wasn't it? Like When really Nathan Coe had
1: that really bad injury, he came mm-hmm. in and... You know, had a performance in that final series that was befitting of an ESPN 30 for 30 documentary.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um,
1: he's our greatest keeper of all time. Uh, no doubt about, absolutely no problem saying that. He's uh, much better than Michael Theo was. Uh, way better performances. Uh, even the penalties he doesn't save, he still generally gets a hand to them. He's uh, he's unbelievable at his near post. He's unbelievable one-on-one. Uh, he's He's been a bit of a, a rags-to-riches story, so to speak, and... Uh, in terms of his career and his trajectory in uh, A-League circles. And if he was the guy, I'd be definitely upset. Uh, I don't think that that's what we need for the Asian Champions League campaign. But as you guys have said, um, if we've got a ready-made uh, guy to come in and be a one-for-one replacement in Mark Birgitti, uh not the worst that we could do.
2: Mm. Um, was it? I think it was talking with you at the pub uh, for the Wellington game the other week. You are saying that Thomas is unlike most keepers and he never – Sprays his defence when they stuff up. They just know they're stuffed up. Stuffed up. They they just look at him and they go, sorry, sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, if if you listened uh, last season when we had him on the show and uh, in, by phone interview, uh, you could tell he's a real uh real lad around the room. So a real um jokester and prankster. So he would most probably be uh. Uh, mucking around with the boys that, uh, you know, do the wrong thing by him in the back four after hours.
2: Yeah, yeah, they'd know about it. There'd be some uh, early morning phone calls perhaps. Jeez, that took, a, that took a lot
1: of restraint to not drop an obscenity in that. So <laughs> I'm getting better, I'm getting better.
2: <laughs> I think that that image of him with the band-a- bandages yeah, after it's the New Year Grand Final, Let's. Vuck folklore, yeah, folklore. Folk
0: Absolutely, I, I just think he's such a, a fun character. He's such a steadying influence as well. I mean, we've had discussions, you know, on the F and I show about who the best keeper in the the league is, and you know, Jamie Young might have the acrobatics. I think Philip Curto has been very good this season, but Lawrence Thomas, you he just he's Mr. Reliable, and yeah. probably going to miss that with any other keeper. I don't think you can get get the same level of consistency. Agreed. Well, uh, moving on to our tidbits, A League ratings. Free falling. I'm not sure if the Kyo sports, you know, uptake is really making up for the, the drop off in the numbers.
1: Oh, look, I think we can just put this discussion to bed finally and accept that people under thirty probably just don't watch TV that much anymore and it's all subscription based. And uh I saw um some um some damning reports that the uh the derby only got um fifty five thousand rating.
2: On and, actual TV, yeah, it? yeah. On
1: Fox, I think. Yeah. Right. Uh, which which are not great numbers, but uh, I just think now that my football app and KO and all these other online subscriptions, it's, uh, it's it's I don't even think it's worth talking about anymore.
2: I've chucked in my Foxtel subscription. I don't watch TV at all. I just if I want to watch live sport, I just stream it. From mm-hmm. KO. Yeah. yeah, that's it.
0: Hundred percent agree. It's so much easier and so much cheaper as well. And I think they may have saved themselves Fox by finally. Bringing something that's you know accessible, they have all of the Champions League games on it, not just the Australian teams playing. It's it's so much better, and uh, but the recent stuff about Western United and the naming um, thing with Melbourne, uh, I, that just points to Fox trying to you know reduce their spending on a product that's not selling.
2: Well, since they signed the last TV deal, correct me if I'm wrong, Josh, you might be a little more across this than I am, but I believe since the last time they signed the A-League deal, they've gone on and purchased the cricket at a premium. And uh, they're, I'd say they're looking to divest a little bit from their football uh, stocks, mm. if you will, um, like the Champions League's gone from, from being and stuff. So, uh, yeah, at, th- at the end of the day... I think that you're probably right. They're just looking to try and shed some expenditure. And, I mean, that, that seems like – I don't think that will happen. I'm sure that money will come. And it just seems like a bit of a, a shot in the dark to go, well, oh, maybe we can save five mil with some, you know, legal wrangling
0: here. Yeah, You
2: know what I mean? So, yeah, it, I hope that it doesn't mark that because Fox Sports has been a um, – and I'm not sucking up to any – you know, I'm not sucking up to them here, but they have been – pretty much the reason the A-League is has been as good as it is for as long as it has been. Oh,
1: absolutely. They, they've been throwing money into this sport when no-one wanted to touch it, so yeah. uh, I can't really um, throw too much shade at Fox Sports. I just didn't like that story because it made it seem like any other bid that wasn't from Melbourne or Sydney was pretty much never in the running. Yeah, well... And I thought there
2: were some great bids. Um, I don't I don't think there was any sort of doubt that, that yeah. no other bid was in the running mm. uh, in the first place. I'll tell you what will keep people tuning in. If uh, Bozza keeps swearing on live TV... <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that was gold! I loved him. apologising on Twitter first. Like anybody on Twitter cares. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: everyone on Twitter is just getting around him. <laughs>
1: yeah. Just so they funny. just they just pat him on the head and give him a little tap on the back and suck. It's all right, off It's all right. It uh, yeah. never change.
0: oh That's why I like Boz. He's exactly the same person on air as he is in person and yeah he's one of the more more genuine people in football even if he has his idiosyncrasies
2: that's a uh, yeah idiosyncrasies they're yeah, <laughs> perfect Perfect word. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other A-League stuff that's been going on, do you see Wanderers are out of that Spotless deal? They're back to para next season, officially? Finally. And
0: yeah. I'm not sure if this will mend fences with the fans or not. I think there's some, some work that needs to be done to get the RBB back on side because they've had walkouts this season. They haven't been in attendance. I reckon there are about 2,000 people at Spotless. The official attendance was in 5K range, but it was nowhere near that. You could have heard a pin drop in that place yeah. and... You know, even when they scored a last-minute equaliser, I'm not sure if there were many people left in the stadium to see it. So that's been an absolute disaster for them. I mean, they did vote to play games at spotless. They had to vote for the fans, and that was the closest option. I think Campbelltown's a little bit further. Uh, but it's totally backfired, and hopefully the new stadium deal next season brings some of that atmosphere back because you need that. I mean, obviously they're rivals and so forth, but you, you need that rivalry between the Vuck fans and the, the RBB to really keep this league going.
1: When that stadium is finished they're going to have absolutely no problem filling it. That thing looks bloody tremendous
0: that thing looks absolutely amazing, yeah, it looks amazing it's not even finished yet you've you, I've seen some of the photos from inside, and there's you know ballards everywhere and bits and bobs, but it looks like it's going to be a uh, a football cathedral and something we need more of in this country of course yeah mm.
1: it, it looks like there's there's a serious gradient it, it looks it looks unbelievable i can't I can't wait to go there
0: mm. away days mm. away days mm. Mm. all right other a league uh we had uh, i mean this is riding right your wheelhouse 3 for the destruction in the box boys uh central coast 3 brisbane roar 5 oh, matt, matt simon red card yeah. uh, bozio B- 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 overhead kick
2: yeah bicycle <laughs> kick matt simon it's the Matt Simonist thing you could possibly do is to get two yellows for descent the week after Adam Peacock talks about how good a bloke you are on national TV. You could not possibly do a more Matt Simon thing. He was <laughs> full on junkyard dog barking. It's it's what you want to see in the A-League. Overhead uh, kicks and Matt Simon. <laughs> this is another one of those
1: games in this league where just about 10 minutes from time you see a UK, because they're in the morning, you see a UK betting um Twi- Twitter yeah, yeah. handle going, turn on to this A League game and watch one of the greatest games of footy you're ever going to see. <laughs> yeah. And we're just sitting there, just going, yeah. We know this league's so so bloody entertaining, but people just uh, don't take it seriously after the time.
2: I've actually I've got a mate, uh, an English mate, a cricket writer, and um, he he came out to Melbourne for the Ashes last time around, and he was like, oh, is there any Melbourne victory games on? I'm, I'm really keen to get up there. Then we unfortunately just didn't work out, but he was, he was like, I watched the A League. Like, me and my girlfriend, we wake up and have Sunday brunch and watch the A-League because we just love it. It's hilarious. <laughs> we we absolutely love – he's like, best up, Risha. I just want to see him in the flesh because he, <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's my hero. <laughs> that guy, he works for cr- doing cricket and he covers the Premier League, but he loves the A-League. I reckon
1: <laughs> there's so many people over in the UK <clears throat> in the early to mid-20s that just get up and get on the beer in the early afternoon and just punt on the A-League bad. Yeah. I, I think – There'd be a lot of cult figures from our little league over there, and uh, yeah. long may that continue.
0: Yeah, that game was uh, a real novelty variety hour. I mean, the actual quality of the match, uh, if you watched it, was awful, but it was just littered with crazy goals, red cards. I mean, it was... The best game, what game of the you weekend wanted, still. Yeah, yeah, by an absolute mile. I mean, the rest of them... Written down the notes here was a fetid pile of actual garbage. Yeah, um, and <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, I watched two MPL games this weekend, out-commentating for the FNR team, and they were much better, fair than what the A League served up. So I, I think, you know, with a new streaming deal uh coming through for FV, it's a legitimate competitor for people's attention.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you're probably right. I I haven't uh, sat down and watched any NPL myself, but I'll, I'll have a look. Um, and it's free.
0: Yeah. It's on YouTube. I mean, I think they're going to get pretty big numbers for that. <coughs> Obviously, the motivation behind that deal is to sell streams to betting companies. That's <laughs> how they're financing it. But, you know, it's it's good for the the average punter. And there's some good football being played in the, at that level. I don't think it's that far off the A-League. Seriously, the top sort of four or five teams in, in NPL Victoria could easily, you know, hang with the bottom half of the A-League.
2: Speaking of not a great uh, day out for the VAC NPL lads, had a three nil loss uh, to Geelong, and uh, have Werribee City next up at home on Sunday, the third of March, at three pm. So uh, get down and support the boys. See what Werribee City have got, and uh, enjoy some of that NPL action that uh, Josh so loves, and will uh, we we'll be covering any this weekend?
0: Uh we don't have anything uh stone lined up but hopefully we'll get something announced soon. Uh but that's MPL 2 West that the Vuck lads are competing in and they've only got one game streamed every week. Uh so Victory will have a couple of games that you'll be able to watch on YouTube, otherwise you've got to get down there in the flesh.
1: It's great viewing. I grew up, you know, in when I was a and watching a lot of the uh local football shows on Channel 31 back in the yeah. back in the day Used on to the watch old a bit of an, analog TV. Yeah. yeah,
0: the futsal shows yeah. and things like that. that's great. It's great. And just on the, the broadcast conversation we were having earlier, I mean, I see a lot of people online, you know, berating the fact the A-League's not on free-to-air, it should be on SBS, um, but I've got news for you, your spiritual home football isn't going to come and save you because the, they had the option to stream the Matildas Cup of Nation game this Sunday for no cost. They wasn't going to cost them a cent and they're not broadcasting it. I, I, they, really? yeah, I can't believe that, considering the goodwill around the Matildas, obviously a bit of a scandal lately, but they're such a great team to watch. And I mean, I don't know what they've got going on in Iceland, some like food show chur- or something about bikies Desus in the Mero. deep yeah. south of America. <laughs> <sorting it out. laughs> obviously e- ex- taking old New Zealanders
1: now living in Samoa or something like yeah. that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Well, uh, guys, before we take another quick break, Do we have an Instagram update from the man, the myth, the legend?
1: Yeah, he's pulled his head in a bit uh, this week. He's uh, Seven days ago, he had working out in the gym. So showing us some of his new training techniques. And he doesn't look like he's a big man, like he's big on the weights. He's kind of like Dustin Martin in the gym, absolutely ripped to bits, but does all the... uh, the um the band and the body weight movements and things like that. So he's he's showing everyone his uh his techniques and absolutely amazing. Showing plenty of thigh there, uh, the best <laughs> best thighs in the business. Uh, hashtag some hashtag new hashtag training. Uh, then that led into another workout video, training for the big game on Saturday, hashtag Marvel Stadium, hashtag Melbourne. So he's just got his minion in there just uh, sitting a couple of rows down from him in, his, uh, in the training sheds and just watching him do weights and stretch and look good. Then uh, they've put a compilation together. Now, these are the ones I really like that he's getting done on Instagram. Whoever is doing his photography is doing a marvellous job at making our league look world-class. Uh, hashtag keep going, hashtag build up, and they've done many of these through the season. But the the quality of the shots, the, the Keske with thirty thousand people behind him, the Northern Terrace full, action shots, lights, camera, action, big flags, Keske the man, keep going, build up, and then there was a uh, video of the Vuck family day yesterday at. Uh, Luna Park, I believe it was at, and he was uh, parading around in his five hundred dollars sunglasses and signing kids' shirts.
0: Was he wearing one or two watches?
1: Ooh, ooh, this, this <laughs> one on is, Cambodian this is time. very good. <laughs> <laughs> Keske was wearing. He's, let's have a look here.
2: It's the swaggest thing possible to wear two watches at once. I think
0: he says it's for balance. One watch. Oh, okay. So no. and and he was
1: actually wearing some tape, some tape on his hands.
0: Uh, maybe that maybe that sorts things out. I mean, we've got a little injury, or is it a, just a sort of uh, Michael Jackson-esque fashion bit, statement? Just for of, balance, mate. Yep. Yeah, bit right. of strapping there, so we'll look into that one. I wonder if he has a strapping sponsor. But those <laughs> those photos are class. I mean, the the lighting on his tan cheekbones—just <laughs> st- stunning stuff.
1: The minion is the minion <laughs> is earning the cash. Absolutely earning the cash. Like perfect, absolutely perfect. So. They're definitely not Getty
0: images. These, these are uh, in-house. Fantastic. Very b- bespoke Kesuke Honda in-house media production. Uh, we're going to bring you that update weekly for the rest of the season. Going to take another short break here on For Vuck's Sake, the only Melbourne victory radio show made by the fans for the fans. Take a short break and be back to uh, wrap up the show.
1: A studio that produces Simple, clever design solutions done with a high level of care and sophistication, specialising in brand identity development and redevelopment, campaign art direction, typography, illustration and digital, Royal Parade offers a lot of services you'd expect from a large agency without the large agency price tag. If you need a new club badge, billboard, corporate logo or bar menu, get in touch and find out how Royal Parade can make it happen. Mention FBS for a 10% discount on your first design
0: project, royalparade.com. Looking ahead to this weekend's game against Newcastle, the Geelong game it always sneaks up on me. Uh, Seven fifty kickoff this Saturday, the uh, twenty or oh, the second of March, I should say. And uh, Newcastle, after a pretty uninspiring nil or draw on the weekend, they had a big uh, away trip to face Kashmir. I think they probably were still dealing with the hangover from that game, but they're back in the hunt for the finals.
1: They've got a sniff. Six six spotter. They're five points off Wellington, and they've got uh, twenty one points on offer.
2: Mm, well, if Wellington keeps selling their home games to Sydney, then <laughs> they're in with a massive show. Uh, Newcastle. I think it. Will, I'd much prefer they didn't make the finals. This they've been so poor for mm. so long. It would feel. I'd feel bad for Welly <laughs> if uh, Newcastle nicked their spot.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would too. Like they've they've been in apart from the Kashima uh games uh done nine goals in their past three encounters they seem to have gotten a little bit of mojo back but they were extremely disappointing on the weekend yeah but well. that that was, that was a terrible we talked about some of the great a league games that other countries must you know tune in and go this league's great the uh the adelaide the newcastle adelaide one was not yeah not i don't think
2: good. don't think anyone's uh, rushing to to the to buy the dvd of that no. one <laughs> i wouldn't have thought we've got our own stuff to worry about actually we sydney of Nick's second office which I, I didn't think possible even like two or three weeks ago.
0: Last week you said it was a fair complete that we're finishing second, and I still f- almost feel that way despite Sydney drifting ahead of us. I don't think they're that good. I don't think they have the cutting edge under Bimby, but they they're chugging along and Victory have dropped some points recently. They
2: haven't been that good all season, and they are second after twenty rounds. Because they keep the thing.
1: they keep getting these games where you know you turn you turn away you you tune back in and it's Sydney one nil yeah. Lafondre penalty, yeah. and it's just and they. They can hang on. Sydney yeah. have this ability to once once they go one nil ahead, they seem to be able to hang on. They've got they've got enough quality in there and you know, you guys like Ryan Grant are playing having really, really great seasons. Um
2: We needed him to not drop Jop Van der Linden. <laughs> I think that would have <laughs> would have really the season's helped our really
0: cause. <laughs> I mean, we've all got our own Yop to worry about with Georg, to be honest. He's exhibiting many of the same qualities.
2: Well, yes, that's true. But <laughs> Thank, thankfully, he's suspended. But
0: <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think we'll see your come back in.
1: Um, when he, when he went off, Kev didn't even look at him.
2: Yeah, well, to, Tommy Ding in that same uh, interview said that he, uh, Niedermeyer apologized to the all the players after the, after the game. Um, I think Kev probably let him have <laughs> let him have a piece of his mind at halftime. Uh, yeah, I think you're probably right. I reckon um, Niedermeyer will be on the bench. Mm. He'll be riding the pine for the rest of the season because, mm. like I said, Ding and Donicky is proven in quality at this level?
0: Well, once Victory have the ACL games, and that's coming up too, the first one is on the sixth against uh, Daegu. So, Victory are going to have a pretty hectic schedule to, to deal with. And uh, I, I think Niedermeyer will be required to play the A the, uh, League games when the sides needs to be rotated for. For our uh, the Champions League, and obviously he's been left out of that squad, so I think that's really his remit for the rest of the season. And then the big games, he'll be, as you say, right in the pine. I, I just don't see him being a reliable option for you know games against the top four.
2: So, what would you say is our uh, best eleven then going into this into the to the last you know third of the campaign? So obviously Thomas and Goals and Jurgen Deng and Donaghy. Yep. And. So
0: Rue at right back and Broxham at left back, mm-hmm, probably.
2: Well, Broxham started on the right the other night ahead of Rue. Rue mm-hmm. was on the bench.
0: It's Brown at left
2: back. Was it, is it, I mean, there's been some chat that Rue was carrying injuries. I, I, f- I feel like you're right, though. I feel like Rue will probably just, he probably just needed another week and they went, mm-hmm. well, we'll stick Broxham there because, he'll, you know, he's Broxham. Um, he's the king. And I hope, hopefully you're right. I think Broxham will be our left back going forward. Unfortunately,
0: you know, there's the technology does not exist to clone Lee Broxham, so he can yeah. play on both sides of the defence at once. Although, you know, he has had triplets, so we only have yeah. to wait about 15 years before they're in the team, probably. Yeah. Um, three of the back four just sorted. <laughs> sort we'll like, play it back three. Hopefully, hopefully
2: one of them at least has gotten the wife's height genes. <laughs> I don't I don't know how tall she is, but she can't be shorter than Brox. He's only 5'5". Five five.
0: <laughs> All the more reason to build
2: the statue. Yeah, exactly. need, you know, Just, just fix materials. up the Ferris Pushkus push one. He's about the same height. Is that
1: so that'd actually be a good fight, Archie Thompson versus Lee Broxham for the right to get the statue. Uh,
0: I think. Oh, it's got to be Arch. Well, Broxy will polish it himself. So yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> he got the upkeep sorted. Uh, but Newcastle again. I'm a little cautious about this one because they can sting teams on the break. They're not that great, but if you give them space, Champness is back in the team and doing Joey Champness things. Mm. You know, and Jair's come alive with Champness back, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, and Jair's finally got over that hip injury that I think was um, giving him issues all season. So he looked really good when they played Melbourne City. Uh, he was left out of their ACL squad, so he didn't play against uh, uh, against Kashima. And Roy O'Donovan, I mean, if you give him the service, he will score. I like Kane Shepherd as a physical option. He'll probably give Victory problems if he gets a starter. If he comes off the bench, he did score the last mm-hmm. time uh, these two teams played each other. So they've got the makings of a team who can hurt you. Uh, I think Victory will probably still win this one, but I would be cautious given that Newcastle are back in something approaching form.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think uh, it's... <laughs> Like it's a home game for us at Gidney Park. Does it does? It's a bit of a wild card in mm. that you don't know. Like, it's not really comfortable surroundings for either team. It's meant to be incredibly hot on Saturday, I, th- I believe. Yeah, yes. we
1: don't we don't usually play well there. It's an awful place to go and watch game. Um, mm. Newcastle will probably feel at home being in Geelong. Uh, very similar, <laughs> provincial. Very similar kind of place. Uh, but look, I'll I'll back us in with Glen Moss in between the sticks for them. Any, any,
0: any day of the week. Do you think the Geelong game will continue once Western United are, you know, probably playing out of that stadium?
2: Um, I'm not sure. What's the length of the deal? I, I mean, we we did just resign. We it extended it. I, yeah. think.
0: I, I think they probably contractually have to, but it's going to be weird, you know, basically selling a home game to the opposition, which isn't a foreign concept in the A League as yeah, we've seen this well, week.
2: Yeah. Th- do you think they'll maybe do that? Just we'll, we'll just play them there, or, but I yeah. don't know. Or we'll try and force one of the Northern New South Wales teams down. I'd it's hard to...
0: Maybe if you had one, one Western home game, one, you know... Neutral one victory home n- game. one neutral bit- Geelong game, one one outside the other way. But it's going to be interesting with the schedule because uh, it seems as if, uh, based on that Wanderer Stadium deal, 13 home games next season, they've basically given the game away, saying it's going to be a 26, 27-round season and having an uneven fixture list. Oh, yeah, bias. just like
2: the AFL, of course. That's going to be... Yeah, just another, just, yeah. just another... <laughs> just more A-League things. Yeah, uh, exactly. Gosh. I mean...
0: Uh, I do think they'll probably do three fixtures against the two other Melbourne teams because mm. the, even if You'd Fox Sports insist otherwise, it will be a derby.
2: You'd imagine that Western United be pretty keen to have two home games that are their home games at Cadenia Park, though, for mm. you know the purposes of gate takings and whatnot. You would it almost suit them better to not sell one of those to Victory just to make sure that they get the the coin through the over the gate. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah and then play the other one at Amy Park. So, yeah, I'm I still thinking like thinking through it now. I think it'll probably s- still be CCM or Newcastle down there next season.
0: Now, uh, the community notice board. Uh, Santino has organised something pre-match, I believe. Yeah, with his mate Mario. pre-game pub at the Elephant
1: and Castle Hotel at 158 McKillop Street in the back beer garden from 3pm to 6pm. Apparently, it's a short walk from the ground. So if you're local or you're heading in on the V-Line, get around Santino's party at the Elephant and Castle Hotel.
2: Santino, one of the absolute uh, stalwarts of uh, Mel- uh, Vuck fans, I would very, say. Very, very
1: loyal FES mm. listener.
2: Yeah, and I think he wants. To, uh, I think he said that, that Mario's going to extend the licence to 1am as well after the game. So if you're looking for somewhere to, to kick on in Geelong.
0: Fantastic. It'll be right. live. Mm-hmm. Well, will uh, see you there. But uh, just before we go, you mentioned... The, the lineup. What, what do you think is our strongest team going into this this Newcastle game? The composition of the midfield. I mean, we mentioned the back line. Uh, Valeri still being, you know, touch and go with his fitness. Uh, I mean, Bianna is a pretty good option at the base of midfield, and I did enjoy his. He's antics. Uh, <laughs> we trying to rile up Luke Bratton on the weekend. He's a very smart player and I think, you know, very always in control as well, even if he is getting, you're getting booked or something. It's his pretty an- calculated. His, his
1: antics all year have been unbelievable. He, yeah. he just knows he's such as experienced uh, S. Hauser, as, yeah. as, as, <laughs> as you would put it. Uh, he's amazing. Um, I think him and uh, Toyvan are probably the two biggest pests in our team. Mm. I, I don't mind having a
0: couple of... Of passive the if they know oh, what they're doing, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
2: It's, it's interesting what you say there because I mean, Valeri has almost in his absence proven himself to be extremely important, and then you've got you can't uh, you've got to play Costa and Toiven up front, and then you've got Truisi and Honda as well, um, and and also Antonis. So,
1: it, so Camp Sober probably makes way, yeah, if, if Valeri, so. Valeri comes in,
2: mm, and then Toiven or and I,
1: Toybinin, well, Toybinin comes in, probably Camp Sober makes way, and then you've got that probably. You know, Antonis, Troisi, Honda are going to stay there, um, you yeah. know, set and forget. So it's out of Bayana and Valeri. Yeah,
2: mm. but, I mean, Valeri, I think he's the captain. <laughs> he sort of has to come mm. in. And Bayana is super valuable coming off the bench because he can actually play pretty much any role of uh, mm. in that midfield and, and do it to a you know an extremely competent standard at this level. So I would probably be tempted if I was Kev to leave him on the bench and then use him to to plug holes, if something's not working too well, then just you know, move in. You know, take Carl off, bring him on, or or you know, say uh, Costa or Elvis are stuffed after seventy minutes, then bring him on there for a bit of uh, you know uh, destruction in the box, if you will. So
0: yeah, I, <laughs> great, I reckon, great branding, Rudy. Really. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> super.
2: Um, I reckon that's probably it.
0: Where does this leave Kenny Athey though? I mean, dropped on the weekend. Uh, Cam Sober taking his place in the lineup, I think, was probably a good move, even though it didn't work out with the the Niedermeyer red card. He seems to have dropped down the pecking order now.
1: Yeah, well, uh, it it leaves him probably where it's se- it sounds so harsh to say this, but it, it's he's probably where he should be in terms of the the best eleven. Um, definitely a impact sub along with Cam Sober. Like mm-hmm. that, that that's where these guys fit into the team.
2: Yeah, I reckon that's probably right. I mean, Kenny is uh, almost a Hail Mary 80, 80th minute. Just chuck him on and try and uh, bounce some balls off him, really, mm. or just try and get him to worry some blokes.
0: I still think he's going to be useful in Asia. I mean, even if it is off the bench, because he did cause very good teams, you know, on paper, a lot of trouble that maybe he doesn't cause in the alley because they're used to the the rough and tumble physicality. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think there's going to be two two things that we're going to see in the um – um the Asian campaign, and I think Kenny is going to provide some use that he doesn't in the A-League, and I think is going to get found out big time
0: <laughs> in the Asian Champions League. Speaking of ACL, San Frasier have been confirmed. So Honda will be returning to Japan. They won that, that playoff, but it doesn't look like Big Bez is making his return. I, I'm not sure if he's even made the squad for them. He hasn't appeared in a competitive game for some time, so I don't know really what's going on with that move and whether we'll see him wash back up in Australia pretty pretty soon. I was,
1: I was convinced we were going to see him in an Adelaide shirt after the uh the January transfer window. I just he wasn't getting a sniff uh, over in Hiroshima, and uh, you know he he'd done all this work to get his uh, his Australian citizenship, and that hadn't come off yet. And you know it was just easy money for him, and coming back to a league that he was really good at, and you know he got his Japanese experience. But when he came back to uh, just you know have coffee in Melbourne. Everyone thought he was going to come back, but he was very adamant that he's not giving up on Japan and he loves it over there and he's going to keep playing over there. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him in another Asian league.
2: He'd want to start playing
0: before he keeps playing mm. over
1: there.
0: Yeah, the other team in our group, or the other teams, Daegu, who I think are very winnable games uh, against them. They won the Korean Cup. That's how they got in. They finished a little bit further down the pecking order. So uh, I think that's a, that has to be... The three points at home and uh, the other game, Gangju Evergrande against uh, Fabio Cannavaro, <laughs> might be uh, out the door before the campaign starts if he gets the China national team job. But that looks like a toughie. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> oh, look, we, we generally
1: beat the the higher fancied Chinese teams when they come here. So ah. we, we generally it's generally our only three points we seem to nick. I think. Uh, it was Guangzhou at Telstra Dome as it was yeah. years ago? Uh, I think it was Troisi and Costa's first seasons with us, and uh, I remember there was a, so there was more Guangzhou fans there than
0: us, and we we knocked them over easy. All the Chinese international students turn out in droves. And yeah, it's so good. Yeah, the, amb- yeah, the um crazy,
1: yeah the ambassador's office gives away tickets <laughs> like crazy. Actually, it was last year. Uh, it wasn't Guangzhou. It was SIPG. We played it and. Uh, Watching all the students trying to sneak their uh, their booze into Amy Park and having security <laughs> just pulling it out of their bags and them going, why well, can't we do this? And it's just like, come on, man,
0: uh, priceless. Yeah, well, it's we great. look forward to that kicking off uh, midweek next week. Geelong on Saturday. Get down to the Elephant and Castle Hotel for the uh, pre-match uh, festivities. But from us at FVS,
1: Mon the Vark, mine. Oh.